It's the MMA Staredown. That's Adam Dak. What's going on, man? What's happening, man? Finally, back audio. Yeah. Well, no. Well, the last time we did this, it was audio, but we did a live stream. And now, actually, we're at my place and uh, Alex is with us. Uh, you guys won't be hearing his voice, but we're working on so much new content, video content specifically. Yes, he is not allowed to speak, by the way. Yeah, no, no. We forbade him completely from speaking. I think I see him chuckling over there. Stop laughing. Cut that. Did you just... <laughs> All right, welcome to the MMA Start On, guys. Uh, we're trying to have a little fun here, and we've been desperate to put like content out these days. But uh, the truth is, like we said, today we've been working on video, we've been working on so many things, and uh, we said, you know what? Fuck it, let's just go back to our roots and just do a podcast. So, vintage style, baby. Vintage, baby, like circa 1970. Or... All right, moving, on. So... <laughs> moving along. All right, man. So uh, look, let's let's get right into it. Um, we didn't have a chance to talk uh, much about UFC uh, Austin. So uh, just right off the top, what uh, what came to your mind? What did you like? What did you not like? Uh, just hit me with it, man. You know what? I'm going to say it, and I've, I think I've said it before. Sometimes the unexpected cards are the ones to deliver. Yeah. You're not. You're going to just watch. You're going to lay down and watch. It's going to be an all right. And then suddenly you're blown away of how good of a, of a card it is compared to sometimes overhyped pay-per-views. Yeah. So in this fight, I mean, the whole card was great. But I was just so, so happy for Donald Cerrone to get back on track. At welterweight, he was doing great. Had four straight finishes, if I remember correctly. Then lost three in a row and came back with an unbelievable fight with Yancy Madero. You know what always appealed to me the most about Donald Cerrone? It's not so much the fact that he's uh, he's honestly legitimately a great fighter. It's also the fact that his sportsmanship is second to none. You saw the way he was with Medeiros. Uh, you know, uh, they showed each other respect all the time. The high fives, the high tens, the hugs. Uh, he even invited Medeiros to go say hi to uh, to to his grandma. And look, I know these these things kind of tend to get blown out of proportion in the mainstream media. But you know, from day one, from when Stone on Sports launched on April fortieth, uh, April twentieth. Wow, April fortieth. There you go. <laughs> April twentieth. Um, of 2017, you know that that's something that's a drum that I've been beating consistently. I love, 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 love the sportsmanship, and I, I just hope that we keep seeing more of it. And honestly, I'm seeing a lot more people on Twitter learning to appreciate that. I don't know if it's the Rose Nama Hunes effect, but uh, it's definitely something that's uh, looking amazing these days. One of the problems, though, for Donald Cerrone specifically is that he's been the type of fighter to unfortunately choke when big fights come. When you look what happened with Rafael dos Anjos. Finally granted a title shot, his worst performance. He fought him twice, terrible performances. He seems to miss out when it's time to shine because he's had the chance to gold and he's failed. He's one of the, you know what? He's one of the greatest fighters not to win a title because of that. That's one the up. problem. I yeah. think MMAfighting.com or I don't know if it's anyways, SB Nation was uh, saying how they put out a, a a tweet the other day or an article talking about is he the greatest fighter to never win would you put him at the top of that no, list he's not at the top though he's not at the top because of just that i find that he when he's not on point he's mentally broken already he's not feeling the fight he's not motivated for the fight whereas if you take someone like uriah faber for example he for me is okay i think he was the wec champ but I, he never made it to ufc gold and that that's what makes him the greatest fighter not to win a title 
I think also if you're taking Uriah Faber to consideration, the way he's he's training uh, guys at uh, Team Alpha Male is uh, outstanding. You can say what you want about Cody Garbrandt and uh, and and even formerly obviously T.J. Dillashaw, risk, but you know. but but there is definitely uh, there are there are influences there by somebody who is you know uh, one of the greatest. I mean, he was inducted into the uh, UFC Hall of Fame just last year. Absolutely, so. and he de- deservingly so. I agreed. And the team, look, we can say about all the the discussions, the problems that that have occurred into that team, but these are a, a bunch of lions, man. They're just going at it hard in that game. They're not messing around, and they specialize in the smaller weight divisions as well. If mm-hmm. you look at all those fighters, you're, you're talking about the bantam weights and the lightweights and also the 145ers, the featherweights. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen, though, specifically between TJ Dillashaw and uh, uh, Cody Garbrandt. I want to see if they're ever going to have a rematch. I think, I think it makes sense. Storylines be damned and everything. Um, I don't know if Dillashaw... Have they officially confirmed yet that Dillashaw is actually taking on Demetrius Johnson? No, no. Uh, but it is a fight that happened, absolutely. Like, this is a super fight that's going to get them both rich and attain those millions of dollar purses that they were hoping to have. This will be... As a matter of fact, I think they were talking about being the co-main of uh, Miocic and Daniel Cormier. Right. That's... That's pretty intense. If that if that's what they're really looking for, that's incredible. Because, you know, I, I'm very, very, very curious about this fight. Look, you know how well I talk about Demetrius Johnson. But TJ Dillashaw, man, what a you rock gotta, star. Yeah, you got to give him some credit, star, man. You got to give him some, he got, some love, man. You know what? He, he, he got hated during the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter video, uh, the season that they did. Yeah. Hated. And you know what? When that hatred, when you feel like an entire team hates you, at some point it gets heavy. And man, that guy came through and knocked the motherfucker out. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, no, you know what? It, it's he's definitely a polarizing character. You know, I, I think people are are on the fence. It's like you're either in team Dil- you're either on team Dillashaw, or you're on team uh, Garbrandt. Yeah, I think Dillashaw won quite a few more people after taking him out. Uh, people liked him a lot Absolutely. more, but then he's still going on and talking shit. And I, look, it, I get it; it's part of the game, and that's fine. But I, I just don't know. I mean, they wouldn't be talking shit to each other still till this day unless they really legitimately thought that there was there is bad blood, but are they really going to fight eventually? That's oh, what I'd be curious. Per- Honestly, man, this is one of the more personal stories that I've seen between two fighters as it gets. Yeah. Maybe Rashad Evans and uh, Quinton Rant- uh, Jackson, sorry. Yeah. But other than that, man, no, there was a lot of emotion in that. But, you know, I think TJ's being smart and challenging the best ever somebody else who's polarizing because i i you know every time i look at this dude i think wow this guy is has all the potential in the world um you know he's uh he's he's really good with the media answers all the questions really good at self-promoting himself and he's trying to dip his toe into like acting and all that i'm talking of course of uh, sage northcutt who did perform at uh, austin uh, in ufc uh, uh in austin last weekend and it's funny because yes, he had a striking advantage of I think over like 110 or 111 to 29 against uh, Goody, but I'm I'm still not convinced. I feel like the fundamentals of his game are lacking. Every time he threw a punch, I'm talking about Northcutt, of course. Yeah, but hold on. But are you actually? Did you give Sage Northcutt the win to that fight? No. Okay. No, absolutely not. Okay. I, I made it clear that I understand that there was a striking advantage, and I feel like there were more significant strikes and more important, just 
the overall fight, I thought Goody was better. But mm. in front of, you know, his home crowd in Texas and, you know. But do you think it, we're, we're still having that kind of issue in, in commissions? That, that we have corrupt well it's the tendency it's i don't know i don't want to call it i don't want to call it corrupt necessarily i i just kind of feel it i just feel like it's something that they've just all unanimously agreed to across the world across all commissions and throughout all the events listen if it's a close call you know you got to favor the homeboy or home girl but it wasn't even a close call i i agree with you you see that's the thing i agree with you that's why it kind of fucks me up because I'm like, how the hell are you going to give it to Sage Northcutt? He, he, I don't know. That that to me, he's... So I didn't want to focus so much on the fight because I feel like people have mm. essentially all felt... And when I was on Twitter that night and everybody was saying the same thing, you know, like, what the fuck? But, but one thing though, the fact that he won is not Sage Northcutt's fault. You know what I mean? Like, we can't blame him for winning that fight. <laughs> you can't even credit him for winning that it's, fight. <laughs> no, but it's not even that. It's just don't get mad at the guy. He's not the one... Who decided to be awarded yeah. the win? Either you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But I, look, he's gonna do well. But just again, he's an he was another fighter that was overly hyped by yep. Dana White. Yep. Another win, and that's there's been several now. Oh, well, look at this Kendall, bro! Like, what do you expect? This guy, like, if he fails in the UFC, if he can <laughs> learn to, no, I'm serious. Look at him. He looks like the the freaking prototypical white male California surfer dude, man. With 18 abs yeah, all over dude. his back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time he eats a sandwich, he grows an ab. Like, it makes no fucking sense. Like, this guy loses weight in his sleep. That's it. You, you know what I mean? But like, overall, technically speaking, for me, look. Yes, I'm getting more into the sport and I'm learning a lot more about it and I'm trying to understand different techniques, jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai and, and, and wrestling and so on. But the fundamentals begin and I think that's what appeals to casual fans from the get-go is the striking, the punching and yep. then the kicking, right? When he's throwing punches, I feel like his chin is exposed. I feel like he's just, he, he, it's, 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 I think I texted you during that night. We weren't together for the people listening, but... Uh, I texted Adam and I said, "Man, I just feel like every time he throws a punch, he leaves his chin exposed for a for, for a counter punch." There's a reason for that, because that's the karate style. That's really typical karate style. And a karate style, when you look at any of the fighters like Leoto Machida or himself, even Conor McGregor, they fight tall. And when you fight tall and you're not really you're not really hovered uh, and you're trying to you know protect your head. You end up pulling back, and you end up pulling. When you move backwards, you're actually exposing your head, and when you're moving in as well, because you're constantly fighting tall, and that's why because he's playing a a very traditional karate style to an MMA sport. Okay, but hold on. Does that so if I'm if I'm understanding your your argument, which makes perfect sense, are you saying that it's always going to be like that? He needs to evolve it. Okay. He needs to adapt it more to MMA. And look at the weakness that he had in the last fight with Gaudi or Gaudi. I'm not too sure how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Well, he's French. The Gu- takedown. Guti. Guti. Oui. Alors, uh, oui. So, no, <laughs> I think the problem was he was very susceptible to the takedown. Non, mais ça va, quoi. <laughs> <laughs> and le grand and pound. Oui. Okay, no, go ahead, go ahead. So, anyway, so that's it. I, I, I think he exposed once again Sage Northcutt's weakness, which what happened with, against uh, Mickey Gall as well was the same kind of problem. He was taken down and overworked, and, and, and finally he lost. You know, it's funny. I was tweeting to uh, Robin Black, and, uh, and I told him, I said, what do you think, man, of his technique? And Robin Black sang his praises. And he's like, listen, I think, honestly, this kid... You have to remember, he's 21 years old, and he's got all the potential that's to... That's not an excuse, though. 
Oh, he's 21. Okay, comparing comparing to somebody else at 21 years old. John Jones? Okay, yeah, but John Jones is a freak of nature. Yes, but this is how they're selling Sage Northcutt. Really? I don't see. Here's like that, the well, that's, that's how Dana found them. That's how Dana found them. He thinks he can. Dana thought that Sage Northcutt could be a draw as popular as. Oh, he thought he was the next big thing, man. He he really thought he was the next big thing. Man, I wish we were on video right now because my eyes and my eyebrows are like practically touching my hairline right now. I'm so shocked to hear that. That's that's a fact, man. Well, that's garbage, to be honest with you. To say it doesn't make sense. Well, it's because uh, what happened? But then is again, because when he when he was observing Sage Northcutt fight outside the division, yeah, he really saw a lot of talent from the guy. The guy's a good-looking kid, young, 19 years old. Yes, yeah. you know, ripped, the sh- you know, like just yeah, yeah, completely yeah. in unbelievable shape. And just those few fights, and probably even speaking after speaking with him, he said, "You know what? This this guy's gonna have it." And then he put him in one fight, and he delivered big time. He says, holy shit, this is the next big name. But don't forget, the UFC is chasing constantly for big names. You know, star power, pay-per-view buys, million and plus. Yeah, and it's not like he's a big trash talker either. So he kind of fits within the mold of what I believe that, uh, I don't know if you agree with this, but what I believe to be the new age of the UFC, where there's a lot less emphasis on the storylines and rather the the... the uh, the, the the friendship or the I always use the word sportsmanship I can't find another term for that but the camaraderie yeah, yeah. Uh, you know amongst uh, fighters so uh, but Sage Northcutt honestly he's a pretty decent draw just looking over here um, uh, this is uh, right off of uh, MMA Mania uh, it says that uh, it should be considered a victory for Northcutt obviously we're talking about UFC Austin uh, that. 1,078,000 viewers tuned in to watch his unanimous decision over Thibaut Guti last Saturday evening on Fox Sports 1 compared to 775,000 eyeballs who watched Mitrione outpoint Roy Nelson on Paramount Network, formerly Spike TV, the night before. That's according to MMA Fighting. Those are course. pretty good numbers, though, for Bellator. Well, that's the thing. And you look, uh, that's that's actually what I noticed. I'm like, seven, 775,000 for Roy Nelson? It's pretty decent, hundred percent. Did you watch that one? Yeah, you did. Yeah, man, you're good with that. I'm not. What? What? Because you watch Bellator. Yeah, I have Paramount Network, and I enjoy their cards, man. I do. I don't. Ag- I don't always agree with their fights because they have these old ass retired people who don't perform nearly what they used to. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a different it's an alternative to the UFC, and I think they're doing it. They've been doing it well, man. I, I see the numbers are. You know, steadily moving up. They tried a second pay per view in New York with uh, with Chael Sonnen, and I think it was uh, Tito Ortiz, and uh, it it didn't pay off at all. Hey, you apparently, know? speaking of Tito Ortiz, you know he's making headlines because apparently the trilogy. Yeah, it's not with Chuck Liddell. You know what? Even Chuck Liddell said himself. I think he 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 mentioned today. He's not even sure a doctor would even clear him to fight at his age and condition. Oh yeah, because prior because he's been retired I think since 2010, so almost eight years now, right? Depending when, and it was following three or four consecutive losses, all by brutal knockout, and that's eight years ago. So you, yeah, he's 48 years old now. Well, how old is uh, Tito Ortiz? 41. Oh, maybe 42. It's a little more passable. More acceptable, yeah, but not pass, really but, by but, that much more. Yeah, but don't forget, they had Ken Shamrock at 52 fighting in Bellator. Holy shit. Boys Gracie was 49 or 50 when he fought. 
You got Chael Sonnen also, who's, you know, way, 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 way past his prime without <laughs> yeah. his, all his TRT steroid bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But you got to love Chael Sonnen, though, man. Like, every time that guy opens his mouth, I just laugh. I'm like, this he guy's funny. Give him a shitload, sh- too. Yeah, but give him a show, man. Put yeah. him on... T- yeah, put, yeah, give, yeah. Make- no, no, he was always a good... He opened the doors, man, for these fucking McGregor guys and how to talk and how to sell a fight. Speaking of not really meeting their potential, because we mentioned uh, Sage Northcutt earlier... Mm. Just off the air, you and I, we were talking about Yair Rodriguez, El Pantera. Yeah. Pantera. And, uh, the <laughs> and the funny thing is, is uh, a couple of days ago, uh, Bloody Elbow put out an article where they were talking about Yair. Now, you remember how I used to beat that drop, right? I loved Yair Rodriguez. For me, he was so unorthodox, so spectacular. Yeah. It was unlike anything we've seen before. Yeah. Apparently, he couldn't handle that pressure. Of being the next big pros, uh, you know, top prospect in the UFC. That's his excuse for being beat. I mean, if confidence is fragile because you're putting too much internal and external pressure on yourself, I think we can overcome that. You know what? That's the worst possible statement he could have put up. I don't agree. Well, listen. Think of it. He basically said, "I'm unable to take the pressure of being up there to being the champ." That's mental weakness. How the hell do you expect to be champ when you already feel like you couldn't handle the pressure of being the champ? I think it's just a matter of attitude adjustment, man. Knowing what to filter out and what to pay attention to. And, and like, look, it's, it's uh, you know, I have people give me the example of, of Lonzo Ball with the Los Angeles Lakers, right? He's playing for one of the most storied franchises in the NBA. Uh, a personal favorite franchise, by the way, in the NBA. It's my favorite uh, from the Kobe and Shaq days. Um, under Magic Johnson, first overall pick, he's got, you know, LeVar Ball, who's his father, who's obsessed with branding and big baller branding and new basketball association and all that. Like, look... Oh, that in mind, that's, you want to talk about pressure? That's pressure, mm. you know? And right. and he's not performing up to his standard. Every, you know, he has the decent performance here and there, but otherwise, you know, he's, he's people forget that he's young and he's in the limelight, and that can drive you crazy. And it's the same thing with the Montreal Canadiens. You look at uh, Max Pacioretty, the captain right now. Now, I'm just giving you other comparisons from others. Uh, I'm just contrasting with other sports uh, just based on my, you know, whatever knowledge that I may have. Max Pacioretty is supposed to be a 30, 35, almost 40 goal scorer every single season. But all the media ever talks about is how he doesn't perform and people shit on him and he's not a good captain. And, um, you know, he should trade him and he's weak and fragile and all that kind of stuff. But if you put all of that aside and if people, if these athletes, including Rodriguez, can put that aside, I think they can achieve their potential a lot more. So I, I believe it. I really do believe that if you can learn to silence the critics, which is easier said than done, I think at that point you can really, you know, fulfill your potential. Your potential, and I think that's what Yair Rodriguez can do. You know what he needs to learn though, and quick <laughs> defense <laughs> is, is to wrestle. I've mentioned it before. The importance of wrestling is probably the most important facet of MMA. You need to learn to be able to compete at the highest levels. Because wrestling, not only will it protect you physically and help you defend or bring down an opponent, but mentally it will build you to the strongest man that you can be. Because when you take Daniel Cormier, who's my favorite example, you look at his body type, nothing leads you to believe that this man is in shape. Or that he's a a friggin' champion. Yeah, 
You would look much at him, less a champion, and you would never think that he's the one who's gonna outwork you. He's gonna outgrind you. Yeah. He's gonna mentally break you in the octagon. But it's not just because of the wrestling skill. It's because of the psychological strength that it puts you. Because it is the only art to really burn you out, frustrate you, and make you want to quit. So if you do that, that's how you will solve Yair Rodriguez. I mean, look, you know, Rodriguez is 25. So... He's got time. He's, he's not even time. near his prime. No. No, he's uh, getting closer, though. So we'll have to see. But you, I think you made a joke earlier about how, like, just stick him on prelims until he makes a name for himself again. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I think that's the way it's going to be. I had uh, big expectations for him. I won't lie. I was, uh, I really liked him. I don't know what sold me on him. I just watched some of his old fights and the, just the way he was moving. He was, he was like a freak, you know? The thing is, is I, I would like them to give the fighters... The opportunity to, to be themselves without that pressure of, hey, this guy's our next superstar. Why? Because, well, you know, Cain Velasquez, who's Mexican, had been there for a while. So, Yerry Rodriguez was going to, you know, maybe yeah. take over this Mexican stardom, if you will. But when you put, and you said it, you know, the guy's young. If, if all this is true, let, let those guys who are not top 10, you know, fight. Don't give them too, too much attention. And then when you feel that mentally and physically they're there, then you give them a top contender. And that's one thing that I'm glad to see. Speaking because there's going to be a fight this weekend between uh, Josh Emmett and uh, Jeremy Stevens. Yep. When Emmett knocked out Ricardo Lamas, that was a fight that was not supposed to happen. Right? Lamas lost the fight and he accepted to fight Emmett on short notice. Uh, on short notice, and this Emmett wasn't even ranked, if I believe, uh, if I remember correctly. But he gave him that chance, and that's something that's lacking, I think, right now in the UFC, where the top five always want to compete amongst themselves only to stay relevant and near a title shot. Yeah. Well, you can't blame him. Of course, you can't blame them. That's why it takes regulation. Regulation that says, you know, every so many fights, every three fights or something like that, you have to fight a guy who's unranked you so that not only puts pressure on yourself to remain relevant it gives a chance alt uh, it also give him a chance to the one who's unranked yeah that makes me think of um just last weekend's fight you know Cerrone versus Medeiros uh Medeiros I mean if you just look at their rankings you know it was the number 11th and the number 12 fighting each other or the 12th and the 13th fighting each other and now people are like Okay, I, I, I like and I respect Cerrone, okay? Yep. But I'm not ready to give him a title shot. No, of course not. I think he still needs one, maybe even two fights, somebody in the top 10 and then somebody in the top five, and then yep. And then you put him, you put him out there. And but, but that's for sure, man. Look, this is his first win in four fights. So guaranteed he has a few fights to go. Now, the question is, is he called out the winner of uh, Ferguson and uh, Habib Nurmagomedov? He's not ready. Use, it's a stupid tweet he, or message yeah, because it's not happening. He, he hasn't fought 155. And he's not, he's, you said it, he's nowhere near 170 uh, opportunity to win no, the title. No way. He's not any closer at 155. Can we talk about Derek Lewis uh, versus Tibura? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, let's do it. Um, Pretty uh, feel-good story for Derek Lewis. 
His uh, layoff was uh, what twenty months? Is that what it was? Is that who Ooh, I'm thinking about? No, I don't. I I can't remember off the top of my head. Feel good story. People, you know, I asked people on uh, on Twitter actually what uh, they thought overall about UFC Austin because, like you said earlier, and it made me kind of think of UFC 221. But sometimes when a card looks like it's completely uninteresting on paper, it always 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 ends up being something very very impressive so i really like that and i asked people i said um you know let me know what you think about uh you know ufc austin and everybody just started talking right away about Derek lewis and how somebody made a really good comment i'm just trying to pull it out over here um here it should be somewhere around here there we go somebody said nah, 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 nah. It looked like he was out, and just the look of like des- of desperation and giving up was on his face, and yet somehow he made a comeback and and you know took it to Tibura and people love that. Like they a absolutely comeback? love, it. huh? Like a comeback? Like a comeback? Yeah, exactly. Like a comeback. I'm just trying to find the exact tweet here. I apologize because it's taking me. Austin was one of those. This is what Meg said. Uh, GoPro Meg. Austin was one of those rare cards where everything fell into place. No dropped fights, lots of prelim finishes. The crowd was alive and the two main fights were great. You can never go wrong with a Black Beast post-fight interview. Best UFC card since 217 in her opinion. Wow. Yeah. And I said, very well put. It was entertaining on every single front. Uh, I said, I liked every single fight. You know, off the top of my head, I can't recall a single event that made me shake my head. Of course, besides what we mentioned earlier of Northcutt and Guti. Um... And uh, there was a, a stoppage at some point that, you know, was kind of questionable, but a little early, but it didn't even matter. Ryan Hobbs MMA at Ryan Hobbs. My favorite moment was easily Derek Lewis finding a way to get a trademark knockout in a fight without momentum on his side. The visible appearance of defeat displayed by that man prior to landing a knockout punch is comparable to that of Scott, uh, Scott Smith or Yoel uh, Romero. And you know, it's funny, eh? you mentioned that. and Ryan mentioned that. It's no, 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 but I mean, it's not the first time I see also Derek Lewis, another one who mentally doesn't have a very strong will. Mm. He's been broken before in the octagon because of just mentally giving up, being taken down too often. So he's another hit or miss fighter, yeah. I find. They're trying to make uh, Lewis versus Nganu happen. Man. They're talking about it. I feel like it's inching closer and closer, but that's. There's still two prospects in the heavyweight division, man. You can't have them clash. Well, uh, yeah. Derek Lewis is the fifth rank. And Nganu is... Where is Nganu now? Yeah, but don't forget that ranking system in the heavyweight division is probably the weirdest of them all because of the lack of depth. You know, you have people who've been knocked out like four times in a row and they're still top 15 in the world. You're talking about depth? Yeah. Oh, okay, I heard death. I was like, no, they can just retire instead of dying. <laughs> like, I, don't think, I don't think we need to go that far. <laughs> but please continue with your thought. No, but so that's just it. I think that... The ranking system in the heavyweight division is not really an honest uh, ranking system. Yeah, against Francis Ngannou, who's still, you know, considered the number one contender. Man, we just saw that he's far from it. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. How did he jump up there so quickly? (laughs) By just knocking in a stupid fashion, you know, a bunch of people. Unreal. And, you know, he was the first big prospect from Africa. That was worth a lot. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. That you was, want, uh, not only do you want like a, a, a black superstar 
in the heavyweight division, the you know the biggest of the divisions. You wanted to be from Africa, man. That was the next big story that could have really propelled the UFC to those over a million buys on pay-per-views. Yeah, Esha Chanel. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Sorry, she's cool. She's a huge MMA fan. She's like, she's ready to to buy tickets to go to Hawaii to watch a UFC in Hawaii. But um, here, let's see what she wrote here. Yancey side, shot in the dark. Just trying to find it here. Won't be long. I didn't. I didn't even think I was gonna read these, but it's good that. Uh, Why is she from Hawaii? No, that, I swear to God, that was one of my tweets. I said, hold on. I was like, are you from Hawaii? And she said, no, she's not even from Hawaii. Oh, that's so that's... Uh, you know what? But while you search for that, the only yeah. problem with Hawaii is apparently their arenas. Okay? They don't have uh, roofs. That's all open arenas or stadiums, if you will. Oh, yeah? And Hawaii, while well, it's, you know, it's tropical weather over there, right? Yeah. So rain can happen at any moment. And that's actually what's been scaring Dana White all these years. But I think he's about to, to give in. If 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 Max Holloway once he gets better fights for the title whether it be Frankie Edgar or Brian Ortega and wins it, I really think that he's going to make a super fight for Max Holloway. I'm not going to throw out any names just yet, but they would do it in Hawaii. You're not throwing out any names. You don't want to. You don't want to say. Uh... I have a secret. You have a secret. Yes, one big secret. Okay, then. No, it's not really a secret. It's okay. just a hypothesis. Okay. That I think that um, Max Holloway is going to come back once he's healed after the fight between Brian Ortega and Frank Yeager and fight Connor. Yeah, that could make sense. Connor don't want to fight Habib, so mm-hmm. and he certainly doesn't want to fight Tony either. So yeah, I think that would be easy. He'll go claim the one forty five pound belt or at least try. Yeah, I can't imagine the trash talk that Holloway is going to throw Connor McGregor's way. I really think Holloway is going to get into Conor McGregor's head. No. No? no? You, know you know why? It's what? super easy. Because, <laughs> because McGregor beat Holloway about five, six years ago. Three-round affair. And he had tore his ACL after the first round or at the first round. And he managed to perform for two other rounds. So he, he, he feels like he knows Holloway. Look, I don't want to start getting into to this fic, you know, fiction fight because you still have to talk about what the hell kind of purse he would get to fight again. So that, I guess, is going to be for another time. Isha Chanel says, uh, fuck, now we might have to wait a little longer for UFC Hawaii, even if... Uh, da, 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 da. Well, Yancey's side, when him and Holloway won on the same card, it was a gigantic thing for Hawaii. They got their own day there, too. UFC has always wanted to go to Hawaii, and what better way than to stack with Hawaiian fighters, of course. If Yancey doesn't keep a win streak, who knows? And then I said, shot in the dark here. Are you from Hawaii? She's like, nope, but I'm ready to buy my ticket as soon as UFC makes that announcement. So, yeah, good call, Alicia. That's uh, uh, The MMA mastermind, Adam Dak, uh, agrees with you. All right, moving along. Um, here's the deal. I like the more I become an MMA fan, the more I become a UFC fan. I don't know if it's just me, but the more coincidentally, there's like a positive correlation between that. So there's a positive correlation between how much more of a fan I become, or at least my understanding of MMA, and how many more events the UFC is putting out. Or am I just noticing them more? No, actually, you're probably right because now there's a lot of shows a year. They have something like 40 shows a year now. That's on 52 weeks. So there's not really a lot of times in the year where 
there won't be a show for like three weeks. For me, I'm a bit against that idea for several reasons. I think now it's become so frequent that it's not as exciting to get excited about it anymore. Because back when I first started, uh, you know, around 2005 to really get into MMA in the UFC, mm-hmm. the, the cars were all pay-per-views. And they were like once every two months. So it was always big names because that's all you knew. That's all they had were names, right. big names, right? Right. Whereas now you have over 500 fighters on the entire roster. And to be honest, there's a hell of a lot more that you don't know than you do know. Because they're all over the world. And sometimes there's a, lo- there's a lot of fighters also who only fight when the UFC is in their home country. You know, you know why you kind of, now I know you're not complaining. I know you're not complaining. No. But I'll give you my perspective. Hmm. Once upon a time, I was a full-time hockey writer. So I was watching the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. And that was every Tuesday night, every Thursday night, uh, every Saturday night, sometimes two nights in a row, whatever it was. And then I saw how this team is has been performing and how much they suck. Okay, let's just be honest. So from for me, it's like a ble- no, whatever. I don't give a shit. They fucking suck. They really do. Adam gave me like a weird look like, "Oh my god, should you be saying that?" Yes, I should. You want me to lie? No, we can just get back to MMA. We are getting back to MMA. <laughs> what I'm saying is now I've been looking for something to replace like let's say my Saturday nights, like those 2-3 hours that I used right. to dedicate to the Canadians. Uh it's it's now it's it's MMA. Right. And there's there was an event last week. There was an event the week before that. There's an event next week. It's, it just never ends. And honestly, I couldn't be happier. So I don't feel like it's necessarily diluting the product, so to speak. No, it's a great term. And and the I don't know if this is normal, but the more I watch MMA, the more of it I want. Even amateur leagues or uh, lesser promotions, if you will, not to take away from the quality of those promotions, but now I'm starting to get interested. I want to start covering those events. I think that's we're looking at it almost like a, as a professional perspective, but the everyday fan doesn't need. No, you know what? We have the ability to watch many fights now, right? But if you're a hardcore fan, you're like, ah, man, I gotta tune in almost every weekend, and I gotta make sure that I have no other plans. If I want to keep up and be up to date. Right. It's hard to keep up to date now. Because man, I'm totally okay with that. That's the thing. I'm 30, man. I'm, I'm, I'm over the hump. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not interested in going to a bar on a Saturday night anymore. You know what I mean? No, Those no, days no, no. are but long th- gone. There's also a different phase after that when you become a husband and a father. Oh, jeez. You know? And when your kid gets up at 5 in the morning, (laughs) you ain't staying up till 1 a.m. to watch the damn fight again. That's the truth, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's amazing. Hey, that's... It's it's such a... It's just so interesting. I know it's such a vague comment and, you know, forgive me for this, but it's so interesting when you you talk to somebody else about MMA and they just... Everybody has a different interpretation, perspective... Uh, commitment level to it as well. I'm not saying you're not committed. Jesus Christ, I, I, I would, Jesus, like punch me in the face if I ever call you not committed. But what I'm saying is, it's just always so fascinating for me. Even you, who's, you know, you're a very close friend of mine. I'm always learning something new about how you see the sport and it's, and it's always just fascinating to me. I know it seems so insignificant maybe to some of the, the people listening right now, but I feel like that's uh, that's great, man. 
And and man, you've taught me so much about MMA. Christ, if it weren't for you, I don't think I'd be paying attention to it as much. You know, I started more in like 2011, 2012. I think one of the big things that really makes you happy to watch MMA is the your ability to analyze a sport. You analyze specific sports such as you you know you did hockey and you did soccer and even amongst friends you will analyze basketball without realizing hell you probably analyze ping pong if you could. I used you're, to play you're just a, you're a sports guy. <laughs> yeah. This is your thing, you know. This Thanks. is your love. This is your passion. As a matter of fact, you know, this is the thing that you know, even the little show that we're doing right now is what you want to lead on to have much greater things but within that business. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's the dream is to be able to work for, for for what you have a passion for and you in general it's not just MMA, it's not just hockey, it's just analyzing sports analysis. That's your mm. thing. We all have our thing. I have my thing. Alex over there has this thing. Yeah. That is your thing. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Maybe that's why maybe that's why I'm so passionate about it because I just I I always feel like every time I watch it there's something new to learn. It's not I don't I don't care like look a crazy knockout or an incredible submission or whatever it may be. Those things just appeal to human nature, period. You know, if you think back to the days of gladiators and all that kind of stuff, like it's it's always been entertaining. Okay. Fighting. Fighting. Fighting in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's human nature. Even even hockey, right? Hockey, what happens when there's a fight, the whole fucking crowd rah, You'd you be know, surprised, they're... man. Not as much as before. Really? Yeah, it's dying, man. Fighting. And I'm good. I'm a huge proponent of that's the funny and kind of fucked up thing. Okay, I'm so much more into fighting now in MMA, mm. and I want fighting to be eliminated from hockey. I've been preaching about it for like three years. How ridiculous is that? Go to the octagon and prove your real, you know, your real skills. Yeah, well, that's or no, 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 or no, a I'm boxing. Saying, I'm, I'm saying yeah, among yeah. among them. Yeah, the hockey players. Yeah, you? yeah, you know, well, don't because those those kinds of players they usually have they tend to have a little less scoring or passing talent or skating talent so they're there to be like police officers in other words and you or know. the bully yeah or the bully or someone there to intimidate the opponent I know, but but it I does mean, it's not even as fully pertinent. dressed i mean you can't even kick the guy <laughs> you'll, you'll kill him right it's not a real fight you know and uh, man, as soon some, as oof. there can be no no look I'm, I'm not saying nobody got hurt yeah what i'm saying though is this is the just shows you the a great comparison to MMA. Yeah. As soon as these two guys fall on the ground, the refs intervene. Yeah. Every time. Oh, sometimes the refs intervene before they even. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, even you know what? Actually, I actually realized the refs will spread it. Will spread it. Will will stop the the two guys if there's no action in the fight. Yeah, you exactly. See that? They're yeah, just they're staring like, at right, it. Guys. Come on, bring it, bring it. No, you bring it. Yeah, yeah. I, come over here. Say that to my face, tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> Why he went all forties? Yeah, you know? I don't know. I just that's just what I imagine. Yeah, dying just with breed. the hands jacked up to the nipples. You yeah, know? come here, to my first, right? You know, like I don't know, but uh, no, that's it. So it's just a funny thing. I realized this like earlier this week. Right. You know, I was like, man, I'm loving MMA so much more. But uh, it's always great to, to talk MMA with you, and even if we're just doing it casually, man, that's what it's all about. So uh, but I don't know if you have anything on your mind right now, man. I know we're waiting for Alex, and people believe me sooner. Very soon, 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 within a couple of days, perhaps, we're going to start putting out this other kind of content that I think you guys are absolutely going to adore. I want to plant the seed, and uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that, man. Man, it's, it's just a new a new, you know, adventure for us, I think, with what we're going to present to the crowds. Yeah. I really think, uh, I think, I think we're really, we're putting out content that, you know, the MMA fans want to hear. Yeah. And we're Canadian, so it's... Yeah. Or Quebecois, as some of us, some of our counterparts would say, you yeah. know, uh, 
So but, uh, uh, keep tuning in, guys. Yeah, please. Uh, we appreciate everybody who listens, and uh, you know, hopefully, you get a chuckle out of this. Maybe there's something that kind of I don't want to say strikes a nerve, but you know, make uh, we encourage people to think outside the box a little bit. We try to do That's our right. best, and yeah. uh, you know, always a pleasure, Adam. Man, as usual. Take care. All right. All right.